welcome to the Venture Church Podcast. For more content like this, please follow and like this channel. Or log on to our website, www.venturechurch.co.za. So welcome to the Venture Church Podcast. I am Mike, and I'm here today with Craig Mayer. Hi, Craig. Hey, Mike. How's it to everyone who has uh, given the time to listen in? Welcome. Craig is joining us uh, from the far reaches of uh, a little little town um, out in the sticks called uh, Centurion. Is that right? <laughs> uh, when we see each other, I'll have to box you. It's the one of the few towns in Gauteng that's mentioned in the Bible, I'll have you know. <laughs> is it? Correct. Wow. Jesus does speak about this, uh, this little known man called the faithful centurion, doesn't he? Uh, that, is, that is true. Good job. <laughs> uh, it's also a part of the capital city, so just putting it out there. Okay, okay. So technically, part of, what are you, like Pretoria South, Joburg North, like what, how does this? <laughs> we are part of Pretoria, part of the Tswani Metroplex. Oh, nice, nice. So I say all of those things because uh, the, the uh, military guys will tell you that when you're shooting at a target, you go for the biggest target. So you aim for center body mass. So, uh, Man, we set our boundaries far and wide and trust the Lord to give us a large inheritance. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, Craig, who are you? Like, for people who don't know, they've never heard of Craig Mayer, who, who are you? Uh, well, I mean, isn't that the biggest question of all? I'm being funny. Uh, so, I'm married to Colette. In December, we will, be have, we will have been married for 25 years. Wow. We have a son who is finishing matric and a daughter who's 15. Um, and we've been in Gauteng since January 2009. Um, we had the privilege of leading the church that we both got saved into in Margate for 11 years. And uh, I got saved at the end of high school um, very quickly. Um, First year after school, so saved about hmm, just over a year, uh, did a, a year of Bible school. And then I studied theology and got stuck in, in a local church. And um, through a whole bunch of miraculous leadings of the Lord, Colette and I got married and uh, very quickly went on to lead the church that we both got saved into. And the guy who uh, had been the lead elder, went overseas to plant, so we transitioned from them. And uh, we led that church for 11 years and then handed over and spent two years on eldership at Cornerstone Church in Joburg, uh, which was really helpful, just acclimatizing from uh, Margate to the big city uh, up here. And uh, then we felt God had given us kind of a roadmap of somewhere between 12 to 18, 18 to 24 months. And uh, our time was running out fast and God hadn't said anything. And then around September of the second year, Mike and Daphne Cowie uh, invited us to transition uh, Grace Cove Church in uh, Centurion, Pretoria. And uh, we have now been there uh, 10 years. So. Wow. Um, 
the scary thing is my kids are far more Gautengers than they are KZNers. Um, and uh, yeah, so we are definitely moved on in life. And uh, so is, yeah, it, is it time for another? Is it time for another one? Another plant, uh, uh, another transition. For a moment there, I thought you were saying right. another child. My oh, goodness. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't cross that boundary on here. <laughs> so um, when we got married and transitioned the church, people kept saying to us, when are you going to have a baby? We said, well, we've got one. We were just trying to get to terms with running a church, never mind having biological children. Um, and so maybe we're back in that stage now. And so, yeah, we do feel that um, uh, another move or a number of more moves are in our future. Um, whether it's an essay or beyond our borders. And uh, we constantly, seemingly like our whole ministry lives, wrestle with the tension of being 100% invested in the current season hmm. and yet also looking to the future. Um, prophetic people, as Dudley Daniel says, are those that see the future, prepare for the future, and become the future. Sure. And I think in all of our journeys, there's something of this is what you've called me to now, Plus, Lord, I'm looking so that I can see what the future is. And then plus, Lord, I'm also preparing for that in a, a legitimate way, given the current task. And then hopefully one day when he calls, we'll be ready. Um, so, yeah, we do, I think, carry in our hearts um, many places of the world. And we would mm. love to continue to hopefully be something of a, of a help um, as the years go. That's awesome. How did, you, uh, how did you start out uh, in leadership in the church? Um, so I got saved, as I said. I grew up in a, in a conservative Christian home, uh, but only got saved right at the end of grade 11. Um, and uh, man, when I did finally kind of the penny dropped and the Lord rescued me, uh, I was very passionate and just wanted to serve Him. And uh, by the end of my matric year, I remember chain of events but I remember very clearly God putting a sense of I've called you to serve me I didn't know what that meant the only idea I had was the traditional conservative church model you go and study for this many years as a process um, and so I didn't know what God was meaning but right from early days um, I, I just want to serve him and then the amazing thing is through a bunch of friends I got invited into uh, as I said, a partnering NCMI church and the couple, Lindsay and Gina Evans, who led that church were amazing. He had a, an incredible ability to find young guys and bring them through. And uh, so he opened his heart to me and um, began just, I kept turning up uh, like a bad penny. I just kept turning up. So I went to the old people's prayer meeting. I was studying correspondence. So I would turn up at the old people's prayer meeting uh, at lunch hour and uh, I would invariably end up doing sound for the ladies meetings and uh, I would be at, if there was a meeting that was happening in the church I'd be there I went to the band practices before I was a musician um, uh, if there was something going on I wanted to be there unless they told me not to so um, I think just again just being in the right place guys realize you're keen and um, as I say Lindsay was amazing uh, he very quickly pointed me in the direction of uh, Bible school. When I came back, I remember the first time I preached in church, 
It was a long time ago. I had long hair, but I remember standing up in the pulpit. I saw two men stand up and leave the building um, as I started preaching. And so it was a different era, but amazing how Lindsay just continued to believe. Lots of corrections and adjustments along the way. But despite the fact that maybe not everyone thought um, I was the right guy in the right moment, they persisted and helped me and brought me through in an amazing way. And then as I met Colette, uh, they did the same for both of us, which uh, we're always very grateful for. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. How important is it to have uh, others invest in, um, in you? Like uh, you've mentioned um, Lindsay taking an interest. How important is that in leadership? So for me, I think it's, it's the most important thing. Um, I really do think uh, we actually don't have much to offer um, other than the experiences from other guys. So um, I, I love to open my heart to other men and as a couple to other men and women. Uh, I love to glean. Uh, I still take notes when I hear someone else preach after so many years of ministry. Um, I still turn up over and over again uh, at any meeting that they'll have me. Um, I find those things are so important because uh, the Bible model is that actually no man uh, is good or by himself. Um, And so for me, that is the most important thing. And I honestly believe the only reason um, that God is able to bring us through over the years. Um, it's, I, I forget who, but someone had the comment that's, that says, you know, we're like midgets standing on the shoulders of giants. And I have to say, absolutely. The, the treasures that may be in me are not treasures that I have discovered. They've been deposited by others along the way. Sure. Sure. That's, that's very cool. That's very, very cool. Could we um, get into the meat of the, of the things? Um, we've learned a little bit about you and uh, your leadership journey and um, everything. Um, could you let us into your, your, your secrets, um, kind of deposit uh, in us um, what you've learned? Um, what, are, what are three leadership lessons uh, that you can give for current and up-and-coming leaders? So someone graciously uh, said to me the other day, man, I heard you preach. It was, it was great uh, and kind of just encouraged me. And I said, thank you so much. My secret is telling other people's stories. So um, I do believe maybe we don't have much to say, but we do. We can tell you the stories of, of others. And uh, so just maybe three things like you've asked, Mike. Uh, I was raised my earliest leadership discipleship moment um, as I've spoken about in Margate uh, is around um, around Luke 16 10 if you will be faithful with little God will give you much if you're faithful with someone else's sheep God will give you sheep of your own and if you're faithful with worldly wealth he will give you true riches and uh uh, like I say, it rings in my mind over and over again. Lindsay saying, Craig, remember, be faithful with the little. And I think it's important, especially nowadays, when everyone expects to be the CEO of Apple in week one of your job. Uh, everyone expects to, you know, 
launch something and be a millionaire straight away. Every person wants to go on YouTube and think they'll have a zillion followers from the first month. I think we need a new commitment to be faithful with a little. The Bible says that we are not to despise the day of small beginnings. And no one plants a megachurch. No one starts a life group that fills their lounge in their driveway. No one preaches for the first time and everyone is amazed. We all have to start somewhere. We have to own our start and we have to be faithful with it. And I do believe that, that the principle that God works on is where we're not faithful. How can he uh, promote us? How can he entrust us with great, greater responsibility? Um, and I mean, we can go through all of life like that. It's not just a leadership thing. It's faithful with our money, faithful with our time, all of these things. Faithful with the way we approach church. Um, I'm always amazed how, how when leaders don't turn up on time and they expect the people to come to their meetings on time. You know, faithful with a little, God will give us much. So I think that for me was the most formative foundational um, lesson. And I was always brought back to that when I veered off track. Lindsay would say, Craig, remember you got to be faithful with a little. And uh, we went from an eldership team of six, uh, pre-transition to an eldership team of two. And uh, I was the youngest elder. And me and the other guy had only been on eldership for nine months. We came on together, had been on the team for nine months when we transitioned the leadership. And so the odds were against us. But somewhere along the line, that thing of faithfulness had been put into me. And if there's any secret that I have, it's not um, any great skills. It's just, just be faithful with what you have been given as much as you can. And somehow that seems to intrigue God. It, he, he backs us on that. So that for me would probably be the biggest one. Um, the second one would be to just say yes. Uh, just say yes. Um, so... I think we do need to shoot first and ask questions later. Um, just say yes. There's this, if you ever look at the disciples' journey, there's a beautiful, uh, there's a, the, the successive yeses with the disciples. So in John 1, when they first see Jesus, they introduce to Jesus and they say, oh, where do you live? He says, come. He says, come and see. And it's like the first yes is just to see what Jesus is about. You might not know what God has led you to or putting on your heart or opening doors for you, but there might just be a come see. And you've always got to say yes to the come see. I can invite you for coffee, but if you don't say yes, you're not drinking nothing. And um, you've got to say yes. Somewhere along the line, you've just got to say yes. So Jesus says, come see. He didn't make them apostles at the first meeting. He just said, come see. Follow me and come see. And so they said yes, and they came to see then in Matthew 4, he says, well, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And they said yes to that. So that's a little bit of a deeper yes. And then in Luke chapter 5, he says, from now on, you will be fishers of men. And so there's this, this kind of focusing, this, this um, series of successive yeses that the disciples make. And look what happens with them. They change the world. And I think you and I just need to commit to God to saying successive yeses both to him and then definitely to the people that he's put in your life. I think we need to come to terms with the fact that either God has put men and women in my life and he will use them or else I shouldn't be there. I should be somewhere else with the people he will put in my life. And so I, 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 I don't like the idea that I have a choice 
whether I follow or not. No, if God clearly has put me um, to consider my leaders, uh, check out the outcome of their faith, and then I'm to imitate them. I'm not to wonder, oh, I don't like what you're saying this week, I like what you're saying last week. Um, so we say yes, unless it's against the scriptures. Uh, yes, whether it's comfortable or uncomfortable. Yes, whether we think it's fair or unfair, we say yes. And uh, I mean, I think God loves uh, someone that says yes to him. Um, we look through the scriptures, it's the guys that say no. Think about Jonah. At the end, he says yes, but my goodness, uh, he could have saved a lot of grief. We know the Israelites in the desert. If they had said yes quicker, it would have been different, right? And, and I'd rather not waste all that time. Uh, so say yes as quick as you can. Um, when someone says, can you, you say yes, and then you say, what would you like me to do? When someone says, do you, you say yes, what do you want me to do? Um, and figure out the details later. So first of all, the little say yes. And uh, then the third one I'd say is just find your pearl. Find your pearl. There has to be something that's worth selling everything giving up all you have to buy one field, one pearl. Find your pearl. What, what's the dream that God's put in your heart, whether you can articulate it clearly or not? Uh, just find the pearl. Lord, there's something that's bigger than me, that constrains me, that causes me to go in a certain direction, that uh, keeps me awake at night, that wakes me up early in the morning, that uh, makes me put in the hard yards. There's a pearl that you have for me, Lord. And uh, I think until we find the pearl, we're very difficult to lead because we are expecting our leaders to convince us to buy in. Is this worthwhile? Is it worth my time to come and be part of this? Well, if it's the pearl, you don't even have to convince me. Actually, you're giving me the, the, the benefit of having an opportunity. Uh, so find your pearl. Find it early on. Uh, the Bible says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Jesus had a pearl, and it looked like a little bit of you and me. He had a pearl, and so that made it all worthwhile. And so until we find the joy set before us, when it comes to going to the cross, we get offended, defensive, and complaining. Um, but when we've got the pearl, we embrace the cross. And the sacrifice is easy, and we see an amazing return from, from the Lord. So there you go, Mike. Three little lessons that we've gleaned along the way. Sure. Those are, those are some big lessons. And uh, they definitely feel like they've got uh, that there's some weight behind it it's like you've walked it um, and in some places you've had to walk it yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah so thank you thank you Craig is there anything else that's, uh, that you'd like to say anything else that's on your heart or um, that's yeah yeah absolutely so I would like to maybe say a quick word for the young Turks out there so maybe Sure. More than 20 years ago, Dudley Daniel preached about the thousands of young Turks in our ranks waiting to step forward. And I still am trusting the Lord for more of those. What's been interesting, I was privileged to come through as a young guy and to be given responsibility beyond my years and uh, have many friends like that. And it's an amazing thing. But I do have a caution, and I, I, man, if I can be very brave, if I can just say, if you are young, if you're listening to this and you're young and you have a heart to serve Jesus, then sort yourself out. Um, this generation just needs some gumption and some stickability. Now I'm sounding grumpy, I'm not. But um, guys, if you're young and 
you're wanting to follow the Lord into weightier matters, then you need to embrace the process. You need to not give in. Elliot Sonjika talks about young men with banana backbones. We've got to get some strength in our backs, be willing to pay the price, make the sacrifice, and walk in the well done of Jesus. Uh, and I really want to encourage you young guys, don't want to be the solo player. Don't want to take the limelight. Be willing to serve behind the scenes because God loves that and he'll promote you from that. Um, I, I do think our culture at the moment, we, we all want to be the leader, but very few of us want to be a server. And I've seen, and this is why I'm concerned, I've seen some young guys. Uh, you know, the Bible says that wealth quickly gained is lost just as quickly. And I think position quickly gained goes to our head and it twists our heart and we lose it just as quickly. And so I want to say I'm praying for thousands of young Turks to rise in our ranks because the nations needs them to stand up and fulfill the call of God on their lives. However, I'm concerned that if we don't have the character, we cannot walk in the opportunities that Jesus has. So if you're young, I don't know what that means to you. But if you're a young Turk, can I encourage you guys, find a mentor, find someone that will stretch you and offend you and make you think deeply about stuff and, and make you have to go back to the scriptures and wrestle them through. Uh, find someone that will make you bigger than you are. Because the kingdom of God needs every hand on deck. And you sitting listening to this have a call and a mandate and a job to play. And we cannot get distracted from the mission that Jesus has called us to. So buck up, buttercup. Put your head down and let Jesus use you quicker than the long windy road through the desert. Rather take the, sh the short route. Might take a little bit of exercise and, and uh, uh, hard work. But if you'll just kind of put your heart in the Lord's hand and not want to be kind of the big cheese too quickly, then God will use you in amazing ways. Sure. Could you pray for us, Craig? So, uh, I apologize for all you guys who think I'm old and grumpy. I'm not. <laughs> He's actually pretty young looking. It's quite a... <laughs> could, you, could you pray for us, Craig? I'd love to. Father, for everyone listening, um, I know that you love each one of us. I know that you have created each one of us in your image. I know, Lord, that you have written our names on the palm of your hand. In fact, the Bible says engraved them there. Uh, I know that you have a destiny for each one of us. I know you've made some to be fish and they should swim and you've made some to be birds and they should fly. And I pray, Lord, today that we wouldn't want to be the other. I pray that we embrace who you've made us to be, the, the dreams and the pearl that you put in our hearts. And I pray, Jesus, that we would give it horns, that we would invest our lives, that we would hold nothing back from you, Jesus, that we would willingly and gladly be all in, that we would sow all we have into the kingdom of God, that we would entrust our entire lives to you, Jesus, because the kingdom of God demands men and women of urgency and violence, that we would see the gospel preached in every nation, Jesus, so that you can return and bring us to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome.
Thank you so much, Craig. Thank you for your time. And uh, thank you for sharing with us. Really, uh, really, really, really good stuff. Such, such a treat, guys. Thanks for the time, man. Thank you for listening to the Venture Church podcast. If you want to connect with us further, please log on to our website, venturechurch.co.za or connect with us on our various social platforms, Instagram and Facebook.